0: Hello and welcome to the AdNode podcast, the podcast for the Adelaide.net user group. I'm your host, David Gardner. This is a recording from our February 2018 meeting, migrating to Git and VSTS. In this talk, given by myself, David, I talk about how a team can move successfully from an internally hosted centralized version control system to Git running on Visual Studio Team Services. Here how a group of developers that I was a part of did this by taking along the whole team adapting their processes and embracing technology in a culture open to change and now over to the presentation okay um so yeah so i think that's probably how we, we started off but um it was probably just easier rather than creating new repositories to just keep putting more projects in the one repository so um, and then i don't know about where you've worked but sometimes people they'll start off committing to trunk but then maybe the trunk ends up being a bit of a mess so they'll create a branch and then they'll go off here and do some work uh, in there and that's the new trunk and then uh, maybe this is the stable version of software and so we'll create another trunk so that's probably not unusual I guess that um, uh, yeah things over time don't always work out the way you're playing so so there's definitely a bit of history there um not just sort of the commit history, but sort of, I guess, the, the other kinds of history around how that's evolved. Um, I guess back to my team. Uh, so, yes, there's a mix uh, myself and three others, um, and that ranges from uh, people just out of university, so new graduates, to um, a very seasoned developer who uh, has sort of been working in the industry for a really long time. And I'm, I'm sort of in the middle of that, actually. So, and it's kind of a in that respect, it's a pretty nice team to work in. So you've got this fantastic range of, of skills and and uh, experience. And um, yeah, I guess I've been sort of um, it's been kind of cool that over a couple of jobs I've worked at, I've worked with people that have been a bit older than me. And I think when you're really young, you sort of think, oh, they're just annoying. Uh, <laughs> But as you get a bit older, you guys actually know, they've got a lot of wisdom, and a lot of experience that uh, you can learn from, so, um, yeah. So anyway, I said we're using Subversion. Uh, for our issue tracking, we're using a product called Redmine. It's an open source application. Um, we, when I first joined the company, they were using Cruise Control for builds. Um, but uh, we introduced Team City, which is a product from JetBrains, uh, for doing our continuous builds. Um, just recently, um, we've looked at uh, introduced Upsource, which is another JetBrains product for um, code reviews. So that, that integrates with uh, a number of different version control systems, and so it tracks the commits and, and lets you do a code review on um, uh, sort of commits of software. Uh, we've been playing around with Octopus Deploy for our release management, and um, we're looking to to increase our use of that. Pretty soon I think we we found that we've sort of been in a trial phase for that and that seems to be working pretty well. And my team, we had a mix of Visual Studio 2015 and 2017, and also using Visual Studio Cut, so, so we weren't all on 2017 um, to start off with, that's, that's not the case now actually, right now we've all gone up to 2017, that's, that's been helpful. <coughs> So why, why do we want to move? We had a working system. Why would we want to move to something else? So as I alluded to before, Subversion was posted in Toronto. And I'm not sure if you've checked lately, but actually Toronto is not that close to Adelaide. Um, there's a bit of latency there. Um, interestingly, the other developers, when I joined the company, didn't seem bothered by that. I think they're just used to it. Uh, but it's something that struck me straight away was, oh, I just want to do a, a view log. Wait, wait, wait. Eventually, you get the stuff come up and you can see the history. And every time you wanted to see the history or a blame or something like that, you just wait because it was pulling stuff from the other side of the world. Um, that, that drove me crazy. Um, the other thing we wanted to do was improve our build quality. So we were doing continuous builds uh, in Team City, but we didn't have any way to stop you committing something that was going to break the build. Um, the build would break, but then it was already committed in subversion and then anyone else who did an update was going to get the broken bits and then they'd be broken too. Um, so it'd be nice to have a way to, to make sure that the only stuff that gets committed is actually working and building and, and test surpassing. Um, it'd be nice to have better integration with your tools so. You can get extensions and plugins for Visual Studio to work with Subversion, but um, there's actually Git support is baked into the product, so that's convenience. I had the perception that Git might offer better merge conflict resolution. Um, <coughs> we'll find out whether that perception is reality or not a bit later on. Um, but certainly, resolving conflicts with Subversion can be quite a pain. It's quite frequent that you you do an update, you make a change, you commit, and up someone else has changed something, and then so you do another update and resolve the conflict, and then and go through it. Um, it's a, a big pain. And even if you, I mean, probably if you do it all the time, you you get pretty good at it, I suppose. But I didn't do it all the time, so I had my Beyond Computer pop up. And which which file is which? I'm never quite sure which one I'm looking at and what corresponds to what. Uh, it confused me. So. And I guess another thing, which, is, which shouldn't be the mm-hmm. main reason to change, but I think it's a nice bonus, is I think the industry does seem to be moving towards Git. Um, we're seeing big companies adopting Git as a version of trial. So Microsoft are now building Windows with Git. They've, they've shifted off of their, their previous yeah. version of trial. They had to change Git to make that work, um, That's not really the the focus of the talk tonight, but there's some really interesting videos and talks they put out about how they managed to make um, Windows, which is I don't know how many millions of files work with Git, so that you could still get good response times from doing the Git status. It's not going to do Git status, Mm -hmm. and then take an hour to come back and say, yeah, nothing's changed. Um, They had had to to do some clever things, which they've contributed back to Git, so that if you're in a similar situation, you could you could consider using as well. So here's my high level plan. Um, sometimes you can do things sneakily and just sort of slide in and don't tell anybody. But this was sort of something, well, this is the source code. This is the intellectual property of the company. I don't think I should be sneaky about this. I think I should ask for approval. And so I did. I talked to my manager and said, look, I'd like for our team, so not the whole company, but just for our team to look at, see if we can move to keep. because I think that's going to offer benefits, and said, yeah, okay. Um, so that was good. Um, and then I talked with the team, because, again, you want to have everybody on board. It's no good if you say, let's do this, and no one wants to do it. That's not going to work out very well. So, so I talked with the team, and so I'd like to do this, and these are the benefits I think it's going to bring us. and. Um, and that turned out to be a good idea as far as I was a bit concerned. There could be people who were think, oh, well, why do we want to change? But they could actually see, now that what you're talking about, I can see some value in that. So um, let's do that. And then we needed to train people. So some people, like the new grad, they'd probably use Git at uni, so they already had some experience with they played around with some open source projects, and so they'd use Git before. But not everybody in the team had, so we obviously needed to offer some training to get people familiar with that. And we wanted to see if we could do this in more of a baby step, little small incremental uh, changes, rather than one big bang, subversion's gone, here's Git, figure it out, get over it. That's not a very (coughs) pleasant way to do things. So So there's some good resources online. One of them uh, is actually on the visualstudio.com website, which is where these... um, sort of points come from. And this was something I looked at in planning our migration. And so most of these things we're actually going to have a look at going forward tonight, sort of um, some of the choices we needed to make about um, moving to Git from Subversion. So but that's definitely one to look at. If you're already using a centralised version control system like Subversion or Team Foundation version control or know CVS, if that ever still using that, um, uh, SourceSafe, I hope not, but uh, yeah, so any of those centralised version controls, systems, uh, moving to Git, there are some things to think about. So let's sort of dive into some of those now. So the first thing on, on my sort of list was training. So as a team, um, we most Thursdays we'll, we'll get together and do some kind of tra- team training and. Most weeks, that's uh, watching a Pluralsight course together. Um, sometimes it might be sort of bring our laptops and do a bit of a hackathon or work through the particular problem, but quite often we'll just watch a Pluralsight course. And so this time I thought, okay, let's find a, a Git course that we can watch. Uh, so there's one called Git Fundamentals by James Kovacs. And in this case, we didn't watch it from start to finish, we actually we cherry picked out different parts of that course just that it was going to make a bit more sense so that we didn't dive too deeply into things that we didn't need to worry about straight away. Um, And then, Mm -hmm. because we're always in subversion, we uh, decided we're going to... our first baby step was to use Git SVN. So Git itself comes with support for talking to subversion. And uh, what that means is that on your own computer, you can use Git for version control, and then when you push those changes back, it talks to the Subversion server, and Subversion just thinks, oh, there's a commit coming from that user. I think they're using Subversion Client. And uh, it just talks the same protocol. And so as far as everyone else is concerned, you're, you're just participating using the Subversion server. But you get some of the advantages of Git locally, so which are things like being able to create local branches. You get that fast history. So all, all that's cached locally. So if you do a Git log or using one of the tortoise... Tools or built in tool in Visual Studio. That happens really quickly because all the information is local. It doesn't have to go off to the server and, <coughs> and grab that. Um, so, the first thing was we, we ran a little workshop, like a little tutorial. We all sat in a room together and I put together some, some basic steps. let go through checking out a repository, um, making a change, committing it, and then um, sort of pulling another change back that someone else committed and, and resolving conflicts. And so we worked through that and then each developer then uh, created their own um, Git SVN repository of our project on the computer and we basically spent a few weeks, maybe even a month or two, working in that way. So we hadn't moved our server over to Git, we were all just using Git locally on on our own desktop. So that meant we could start to get familiar with the tools we could start to get familiar with a slightly different workflow where you could create local branches and switch between them. Uh, you weren't just locked into using Subversion. And, and You can create branches in Subversion, but it's a bit more of a heavyweight sort of um, switching between branches. It's all on the server. So, yeah, so that I think that helped get people familiar with the tooling. And, um, and so then once I thought, OK, I think we're ready now, we decided, OK, let's make the move. To moving our, our server and our source code completely over to Git. So how do we do that? Um, one of the things that they sort of recommend is um, if you can get your binaries out of version control, um, and that's because when Git, when a binary changes and it's under version control in Git, it's not a diff. It's actually like it copies the whole thing. So you can imagine that means that your repository gets quite large if you're changing a binary frequently. <clears throat> it's not a problem if that binary never changes, so you might have like a, your, your favourite icon for your web application that never changes, so that's okay, because I'm just going to one copy of that. But if it's um, some sort of bitmap that you keep editing all the time and you keep committing those changes, then that's going to mean that your repository is going to get really large and that will impact everybody. So, if you can't avoid having binaries in under source control, then you may want to look at using uh, the Git large file system, which is an add-in to Git. And it basically... Um, it sort of like leaves a pointer to where the, the file is, but actually stores it separately. Um, we were able to get away with removing virtually all of our binaries. So, things that we did have checked in, um, Historically, the team had just been checking in dependent assemblies in the directory and just referencing them. So, we were able to turn those into NuGet packages and then just reference the NuGet package. And so, then all the, the DLLs got pulled down, but they weren't actually community version control anymore. Um, so, most of our binary files were like that. We had some Word documents, and so I shifted them over to SharePoint, Office 365. Um, and so, the only binaries that were left. Basically, um, I think there was a a bitmap used for our Wix installer, which doesn't change, and and just the the ICO file. Um, Everything else was text files. The other choice to make is: Do you want to keep your history? So, (laughs) do you want to import those ten years of history and subversion into Git? You can do that, that, and the way to do that is actually using that Git SVN. You basically point Git at your subversion server and say, okay, I want you to start importing from Revision 1 and it just works its way through. If you've got a big repository, that could take days, maybe even weeks, especially if your subversion server is in Toronto and you're here. um, But you can do that. And the other thing you need to do is make sure that you know who all the users are over the years who have committed changes, even if they're not in your company anymore. um, Because Git wants to know about all the different users and subversion and needs to map them to a user that Git understands, uh, which is usually like an email sort of format using that. Um, so that's all possible, and, I, and we were using that when we were using Git SVN. You had to do that mapping. Um, but in our case, um, and Microsoft sort of recommend this, if you can, don't import history. Just take the latest version, leave your old stuff there, make it read-only if you want and you can go back and refer to that, but just take the, the latest version and commit that into Git and then just go on from there. What that meant for us too was that we didn't commit all those binary files that would have been in the older versions. We could just take the latest one that was nice and clean and uh, just start from there. But everyone's going to be different, so you need to figure out what's going to work. You may really <coughs> want to have that history so you can do a, a blame and figure out, oh, yes, it was David who made that change last year and that, that was a stupid change issue. On the other hand, because we said, no, we don't want to take history, and I was the one who committed that that first commit in Git, it means they still get to blame me because it looks like I I was the first commit on all the files. So So it probably works out the same Mm way. So the other thing we need to think about was build. So because we were going to move to um, Visual Studio Team Services, which is Microsoft's hosted um, platform, they provide Git, Repositories, but they also provide builds there. So, did we want to use their build system or do we want to stick with Team City? Um, so, what I decided was in the short term, we'd stick with Team City just because that was what we had already running, that's what the developers were familiar with. Um, but we wanted to make sure that that was going to work properly because our Team City is hosted on our server in Toronto, um, but it needs to be able to talk to the Git repository as well and do builds. TeamCity does have support for talking to VSTS, so it can do that. I had to do a bit of extra work because of the particular workflow that we chose. We wanted to use a pull request to basically, um, you just didn't commit straight to, to master all the time, you had to put your stuff on a branch, make sure that all the tests are passed and build built before those things got merged into the, the master branch. And TeamCity didn't support that kind of um, workflow out of the box, but because it and Bsts have got um, an API, I was able to write something in between that would manage that. And I've, I've written a series of blog posts on that um, earlier this year, which was basically describing what we'd done to make that work. Now, I didn't... Make that up from scratch. There's a, a sample application Microsoft have written to show you how to to talk to VSTS. The bit that I had to figure out was how do I get that to then talk to TeamCity as well. So um, we can have a look at that in more detail a bit later on if anyone's interested. So I wanted. I talked earlier about wanting to have um, really good quality builds and quality code, and so. Um, I previously worked with Team Foundation Server and the Team Foundation version control, the original version control built into TFS, um, had this ability to have gated check-ins, which meant that you wanted to check in some code and you could tick a box and say, well, yeah, but before that commit uh, really is committed, you need to do something else first. So that could be run a build. And if the build passes, then those changes get committed and everyone else gets to see them. If the build fails, then those changes don't get committed, and so no one else gets exposed to your breaking change. And I wanted to have that same ability in Git. And fortunately, Microsoft implemented that through a thing called branch policies. And what this is, is basically in Git, you would have a master branch, and you would add a policy on master to say, you can't commit directly to this branch and master or, or root, whatever you like to call it, uh, until you've met these certain criteria. So the things out of the box are: you might need to have a code review, so you might not be allowed to commit this change until someone else has reviewed your code and so said, yeah, that looks good. Um, or it might need to be linked to a work item. Um, you might need to actually have a code comment in your commit message. Um, the uh, so build validation is basically that it needs to have a on build. And that build validation there is talking about um, the VSTS build, the build that is part of Visual Studio Team Services. But we were using Team City, so how can I do that? Well, there's also this other option here called Add Status Policy, which is hooking into their sort of API. So when we get to this point, when I um, commit my changes into Git, I say, I want these changes to go into a master branch so that everyone else can see them, then um, one of the things we'll, we'll look at soon is that you'll create a pull request, and part of that process is it then fires off an event which goes off to Team City and says, can you please build these changes at David's this branch? And then Team City will do that. It'll then go, up oh, the build's finished, and I'm going to send the message back saying, did the build pass or fail? So, And that really comes down to what's in the build. Is it just compiling it? or is it also running unit tests or any other kind of code quality things, um, fxcop or um, independ all those kind of things could be there and then it comes back with a yes or no yes this worked or no there's an error if it works then basically the, the tick box is ticked and then those changes can get community and then other people can see it so that's the kind of quality gate that I was after to make sure that our builds were always going to be green essentially the ones that Everyone else's thing. So, your own branch could be broken, but you're not affecting anyone else. So, <coughs> one of the things you'll need to decide about if you're going to use Git is what kind of sort of branching or, um, or strategy you want to use to to work with Git, because it's a distributed system. So, previously with Subversion, you just got the one server and then you just commit straight to there. Now it's distributed, so you've made commits locally and you need to then get them out to other developers. Um, so you could just say, well, OK, we're just going to work a bit like we used to. We're just going to push everything to master to the, to the main branch and we're not going to have any rules and you just go crazy. And maybe if you're very disciplined, that would work. Um, but I kind of like having a few sort of, sort of safety things in place and so those branch policies are an example. So the other way to work is to use what I call pull requests, where you basically um, create your branch with your changes on it and then you say, oh, I want to merge these changes into the master branch. And that's, that's a pull request where it might be a, a manual approval that somebody has the ability to sort of that, like a code review kind of thing, or it might be those other kind of policies where you need to have a build passes before that, that request is approved. <coughs> But again, there's different ways of doing this. The two uh, most popular, one's called Git Flow, and you'll see this a bit on GitHub open-source projects where you have master, uh, and that's basically the code which is ready for production. Um, It's known to be working, all the tests are passing, uh, and it's probably actually the version of code that's in production right now, more than likely, or is about to go into production. And then they might have a separate branch called DEVELOP, for example. And that's where everybody's committing their changes and merging their changes in. So that, that branch might be changing a lot more. You still probably want to have um, unit test passing and build passing that, but um, that's sort of where all the, the work's happening. And at some point in time, uh, some we will decide, OK, what we've got in DEVELOP is good. We'll merge those changes into our master branch and sort of bring them um, there's a link there with, with a bit more detail about that particular flow. That's one that you'll see, and um, the clue that people are using that kind of flow is that if you go to GitHub, the default branch is called develop. That's a, a key there. That that's what they're using. The other kind of flow is called GitHub flow, and that's where you still have the master branch, and so in this diagram, master is the top line moving across from left to right. And each developer just does their changes on their own branch and then they basically merge them back into master. So the intention there is that master is always still deployable, um, but you don't have to have that sort of intermediary developer branch in between. Um, so, yeah, and I guess this is the sort of the model that, I thought we would adopt for our team. Um, that seemed a bit simpler, and um, yeah. I, I couldn't see a lot of advantages in, in the, the, the Git flow, um, but obviously some people like that, so. Um, it might be something, uh, over time, might begin to understand, is there benefits or to, to choosing one over the other. But this one made sense What's for the us?
1: Um, mm-hmm. That's
0: a good question. If you go to the if that that link is actually um, like it's got about it, uh, six steps or something there, and you actually animate through that little diagram, so I think I've gone up to the squirrel one. Then I better tell you. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, is that heartbeats or something? Squirreling around the code? <laughs> yeah, that's a good question. I, I should. Um, I'm going to do this talk uh, in Toronto in a couple of weeks' time, so I better make sure I know the answer yeah. so. <laughs> Thank you for pointing that out. Um, so it's interesting just to compare the workflows from what we were doing to what we planned to do with the kids. So with Subversion, it was pretty simple. We would do an update. We'd pull down any changes from the server. We then make our own edits, and then we commit them back to the server. That is pretty simple, and it's not hard to understand. And we're actually introducing a little bit more complexity with Git. Um, so you'd, you'd still pull down changes from the remote server. Uh, you then would check out a branch, because you tend to do <coughs> really work on a local branch. So you wouldn't normally just make changes in your local copy of master, you would create a separate branch. And then make those changes. You then push that branch back to the server not on master, but on its own branch, and then create that pull request. And then if that pull request was approved, those changes get merged into master. So it's almost like a circular kind of thing. uh, um, But I guess the nice thing about that is it means that if if on your own branch you broke something, then you're not sort of polluting everybody else's code without breaking change. And if you've got a pull request and the build fails, then you've got an opportunity to fix that and push those changes back onto that branch and let the build run again, and then hopefully you fix the problem, it passes, then your changes go in and everyone else gets them. So we did it. We we decided we're sort of we we're, we're happy with what we've managed to <laughs> learn about Git and the Git SVN seemed to do pretty well. And so um, sort of late last year we said, okay let's make this change, we'll switch over from using Git SVN to real Git. Um, and there, there was a little bit of a learning process there because some of the commands are slightly different. The way Git talks to subversion, there's some different commands compared to how Git works natively. So, um, But they're close enough that it wasn't a big... It was basically a day or two and people were up and running. Um, and, uh, yeah, that was kind of exciting. I guess, tonight it was... Not a risky move, because we still had our subversion server there. If we, on the Monday morning, we got to work and discovered that actually things aren't working properly, we could just switch back and keep using subversion and try and figure out what was the problem and, then, and try again later. But um, because we'd spent some time getting the build server ready to do builds and um, uh, and we're, we're happy that everything's working, then uh, it actually went pretty smoothly. So, what, what did I learn from this? I guess people can be pretty surprising. And I was a bit concerned at the start of this that um, maybe there would be a bit of resistance, or I don't want to change everything's working, but we haven't got time for these kind of things. We've just got to get our product out the door. But I think people did understand, particularly around uh, having a, a passing and build and, and avoiding breaking stuff too much, uh, was going to be really beneficial. Um, and working locally with Git is a lot faster than how we had been using Git Subversion and, and just trying to do history. And I think it was so slow that probably developers just didn't do those things because they were just avoiding it because they knew it was going to be slow. Um, a surprising thing was actually, even our build agent checkouts were fast. And even though they are actually hosted in the same data center um, as Subversion. In Toronto, um, the Git checkouts were a lot quicker. And I'm, I'm guessing that's because Git being distributed, each build agent now has a copy of that, repo- that sort of source code repository for Git. And so the actual work it needs to do to get the latest change is really small. Um, so that was kind of nice. The other reason they were faster is because the way we got VSTS and Team City talking to each other. By default, TeamCity polls, and it goes, is there any changes? No. Is there any changes? No. Is there any changes? Yes. Okay, I'll go get them. What we did was, because we were using events to fire off, okay, here's a pull request to the build, VSTS is telling TeamCity, you need to do a build of this version. And TeamCity realised, ah, okay, I'm being told when there's a change I need to, to build, so I don't need to ask anymore. So it, it's basically, um, it means it's a lot faster. You are not have to wait for it to do a poll to see if there's any changes it needs to get. It's being told all the time when there's a change. Um, that is something you can hook up. That's not a Git thing, um, but it was just a nice side effect of it because we're using this um, interaction between TeamCity and VSTS that we could tell there's an event that fires when you do a commit, there's an event that fires when you create a pull request, and we could catch those events and then trigger a build in PMC. that's um, that was kind of nice. And our master is, is green. So whereas previously uh, we could go for, for days or weeks where our, our primary trunk building subversion was actually failing with all these failing tests, we can now protect that. And so it's green, and if somebody breaks a some unit tests, then those, those changes don't get into master uh, until they're fixed. So but that's... That's really nice to have that safety net. Some other things. Um, I think you might need to be aware that you might actually need to get more build agents, um, because people might be wanting to do more builds, because it's easier to do. You might, yeah, you may or may not need more, because maybe the the builds are a bit faster now, so you don't need to hog up an agent, because not a long time. Something else to think about is that that branching, like is each developer working on their own branch or are developers collaborating on the same branch together? Um, One thing about Git, I'm not going into a lot of detail about Git itself, but you've got uh, options whether you want to just merge changes or if you want to rebase. And a rebase is really just saying, I've got all my changes here. Um, In the meantime, the rest of my team have been committing other changes I'm out of date. Do I want to try and just merge my changes in, or do I want to reapply all my changes on top of everything else that's there now? And that's that's called rebase. You're basically reapplying everything on top. So then when you commit those changes, they'll appear um, right on the end. Um, So that's usually how we're working as individual developers. Um, We basically um, rebase our our changes and then commit them. And you've already resolved any conflicts then as part of that rebase. Um, But if you're collaborating with another developer, you don't want to rebase because all of a sudden you've shifted their cheese, essentially, because you're you're both trying to work on the same branch and if one developer rebases that branch, they've shifted it and yours is not that version anymore and there's going to be angry people. So um, that's just something to be aware of. It's reasonably common knowledge. It's not a problem we've had uh, in my team. We, We tend to work Separately, uh, but if you do have multiple developers working on one thing on one branch, you need to be aware of that. So I asked my team uh, what they thought, and well, I can tell them what I think, but maybe I should ask the rest of the team how they thought things went. So, um, so here's one comment that merging files is more confusing, um, but maybe it just takes getting used to. So. Yeah, I was hoping that our merge conflict sort of issue with subversion would go away or or be a lot less. Um, I I haven't, to be honest, really seen that come to fruition as much as I'd hoped. Um, Maybe that is just us getting more familiar with Git. Um, Maybe it's just a particular way we're working with Git is not making that uh, as as easy as it could be. I don't know, but... um, yeah, you're still gonna have merge conflicts you need to resolve. If two different developers have changed the same file, it isn't magical. It's something you need a person to decide which change or both changes how to merge them together in the file. so that, that that was a bit surprising and maybe a bit disappointing, but hopefully over time we'll get more familiar with that and maybe we'll better understand is that because we're rebasing all the time? Is that because is that causing us particular issues. Um, I have a theory it might in some cases, particularly if you're rebasing and having to resolve conflicts each time you rebase on the same branch. Um, but I'm not a Git guru, so I don't know. On the other hand, um, they really liked having the local branches. So the local branches in Git I mean it's really quick to context switch. So you're working on a particular thing, and then this bug comes up, and you need to work on that. So it's really easy just to switch to another branch. All the changes in your first branch disappear. It's quite magical the way Git does it so quickly. Um, and then you're working on another branch. And um, in fact, that's probably one thing where the tooling kind of lags a bit. That if you've ever used Visual Studio and changed a file, Visual Studio can get a bit annoyed, saying, "Oh, the solution's changed. This project's changed." Um, that is still a bit of an issue that if you are on the command line and you change branches and then Visual Studio goes oh what's happened I'm going to have to reload the solution so um, it's not really an easy way I've heard of some developers who just have a, like a shortcut to kill Visual Studio just <laughs> kill the process. I actually
1: like that because it reassures me that the files of Visual Studio uh, aren't the the uh,
0: the previous ones, yeah. yes, <laughs> which yeah. would happen. Yeah, um, but yeah, it can be surprising for people that, um, mm. particularly if they are switching and using the command line commands. Um, if you just stay in Visual Studio and, and use the the GUI stuff there, then it's probably less of a drama. But the the tooling support in Visual Studio is is limited compared to the, all the options you can use with Git. But, um, it probably does most of the things. Um, but yeah, definitely the local branch is, is kind of nice so. and also that can be handy if if you're being quite productive and you've, you've committed one feature and then you need to work on something else you can then create another branch and work on that while your first one is getting built and, and getting checked in so you don't have to wait uh, for the first one to finish before you can do it work another comment um, committing locally is really handy because you can do lots of small changes. Uh, If you break something, you can roll back locally. Um, And then what you can do is then combine all those commits into one commit so that when it actually gets pushed up to everyone else, they just see one commit. They don't see all your messy, I tried this and I tried that. Yes, no. No, yes. Oh, here it is. They just Uh, see the perfect code. That's right. (laughs) What you can do is you can basically collapse them all down (coughs) into one commit that's just an aggregate of all those changes. Mm -hmm. Um, You can either do that yourself locally and just push that change up. The other thing you can do um, in VSTS or or other Git systems is when that pull request is going to be merged in, you can say then, I want you to squash this into one change. Um, And that that can be something you can enforce or just a developer can choose to do that. yeah, so that is kind of nice to be able to do that. So the, so rather than seeing a commit come in to master, which is like 10 different changes, it might just be one change. So. Or you might you might be a bit more discreet. Actually, there are changes here I want to have separately just because they're, they're different things and it's important to show that to, to other people. These are the three things I changed here in three sort of discrete commits that are part of my merge. Um, or maybe you can just squash them all into one and it's just one change that goes in And finally, um, they like this ability to use pull requests with sort of uh, branch policy, so that even though this particular... This is not me, by the way. um, I do break the build as well. Uh, But this developer said, yeah, they do break the build sometimes, but it's only their build of their branch that's broken and it's not affecting anyone else. So they appreciate that safety, that they're not causing trouble to other people. Um, The tooling is helping them out. So what, what's next? We're, our team is now using Git. Um, it hasn't been a perfect experience, but it's not a broken experience either. We, we are committing changes in our, our builder screen. What, what can we do now? Um, well, I guess there's some tooling choices we've got to think about. Um, there's built-in features in Team Services that we could look at using. So. Uh, Team Services has a code review feature as part of the pull request so we could use that or we could stick with Upsource so at the moment we haven't integrated Upsource in the same way as we've done with Team City but we could do that using those same APIs that they provide. Um, so there's a choice there so which, which one uh, should we stick with if, is the company going to stick with Upsource in that case we probably should try and integrate that in as well um, yeah don't know Issue tracking, we've been using this uh, application called Redmine, or the company has for a long time. Uh, So there's a lot of history there, a lot of tickets that are in that system. Um, Or there's the the issue tracking work items built into VSTS. Actually, my personal preference is probably the VSTS one. I think it looks nicer. Um, Well, I think it's nicer to use, not just looks nicer. but, um, But again, that's probably something that I need to have discussions with my boss about. Not something I can really just, as a, a team, decide we're something different. Because again, it's in the intellectual property of the company that's going to be in those tickets. Um, but yeah, I'm kind of hoping everyone else will look at it and go, yeah, that is pretty good. And um, so maybe
1: we might move that way. That's um, Visual Studio Team Services. An issue tracking is not web based, so it's not available to anyone
2: outside of the domain, is it? If there were issues on a regional level.
0: So, it there's a web interface, but access to that, it's not public, I guess, is so, so, if you wanted to expose that to somebody outside of your, office, office, your organisation, you could do that, Yeah. So, yeah, so, there's... That's an important point. So, you can have... There's Team Foundation Server, which is the on-premise product, which has all this. And then there's VSTS, which is the, the cloud-based product. And so... Um, team services, if you like. And so that that's a cloud-based product, integrates in with Azure Active Directory, um, and so that's the one that we're using. Um, I've worked in places previously where they've used TFS on-premise, and for some places that might make sense. Um, that they don't want to go to the cloud, they just want to run on-prem. Uh, the difference there is that they're only getting updates maybe... Uh, I think it's either quarterly or... Um, few times a year, whereas the cloud VSTS product is getting updated every three weeks. So the product team in Microsoft work on a three-week sprint, and at the end of each three weeks, they release the work that they worked on in that sprint, and those things get lit up um, in the product in the production. So they're sort of, they're sort of living the, the actual product there themselves. I've also got releases, so we, we're we looking at using Octopus Deploy but uh, there is this competitor that Microsoft have got called Release Management, so should we be looking at that? I don't know. I, I'm probably going to stick with Octopus for now but it's worth comparing is, is Release Management is that capable of doing what we need? Um, I know that I've certainly seen Paul Bell sort of say he, he's a bit annoyed that Microsoft did sort of pretty much giving away a free version of what he's trying to sell. So um, I guess that's what happens when you are in the space with Bitcoin. Um, so there's there's some tooling options there. And as our team, what's next? I guess I think our team is just getting more familiar with Git, um, being able to handle those unusual cases that don't happen all the time. But, um, the impression I have is that Git actually... It's pretty hard to do things that you lose stuff forever, but it's not always easy to find out where things are. So um, often there's a bit of Google involved to find a Stack Overflow question like, oh, I've lost this, where is it? And then using more often than not sort of command line tools to sort of find where things are where you weren't expecting it. Um, and it is fair to say that, yeah, there are occasions when things just... I guess a different workflow from how people are used to using Subversion. Um, there are things that come up or um, that aren't, aren't quite as smooth as we'd like. So, yeah, hopefully over time we'll, we'll be able to understand how the tools work a bit better. So, just sort of wrapping up, um, just some of the links to some of the resources that I used for our team learning to Um There's the Procite course, there's some of the, the Microsoft resources, particularly around moving from a centralised um, version control system to Git. Um, this link here, um, the first one is um, the sort of demo project of creating a, a server that talk, that VSTS can talk to, so using the API. And that's what I based um, our sort of intermediary software on. I, I took their example and then went and read the TeamCity API documentation and, and added that in. Um, Interestingly, this is actually a, a JavaScript Node.js application. I'd never actually written one before. so, um, But actually, it wasn't too hard, and it was actually kind of useful because I was able to iterate pretty quickly and figure out, oh, oh this is wrong. I need to fix this. And, and I was thinking, oh, I could always throw it away and then build it as a, an ASP.NET sort of web service if I wanted to, but um, I just left it as a, a Node link now, and that looks OK. So the last link there is just a link to... Uh, a series of blog posts I wrote about how I went about adapting that uh, sort of demo application to what the team city. So yeah, so our, our team is up and running with Git. Um, I think it's worked pretty well. Um, we have definitely there's still things we need to work on, but um, yeah, I think it's been a worthwhile exercise. So, um, that's sort of what I wanted
1: to on.
2: So in terms of integration with Visual Studio, mm-hmm. one of the because we're we're actually looking at doing this very shortly this exact step. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of the one of the problems with Visual Studio is it only s- primarily supports one um, source control manager at any one time. Yes. So we we use Visual SVN and Tortoise SVN mm-hmm. to manage our sort of SVN community and that sort of thing, which kind of integrates into Visual Studio. Yeah. When you were doing the hybrid approach with this Git SVN, were you using Git tooling in Visual Studio, SVN tooling? Neither. Um, how did you handle
0: that? Yeah, so so we do use the Tortoise tool, so we were using Tortoise SVN. And, yeah. and and because of that, then one of the things we did was we said, well, use there is Tortoise Git, so yeah. install that because that'll look familiar. Um, with Visual Studio, uh, Pretty much none of our developers were using any integration right. previously, so um, they were just using Taurus, right. um, and so that wasn't a really an issue. But uh, yeah, I know like once you've got two of those, then you're going to have to go in and change it all the time. Yeah, um, it's
2: a pain. Yes. So, you know, yeah.
0: You can't do it on a project basis, but you know, yeah, basis. yeah, no, that is. That is surprising, I guess. Um, but uh, yes, yeah, so it wasn't really an issue for us because nobody was using anything. Um, interestingly, like Visual Studio, if it's a Git, uh, if the project or solution you've loaded is under Git version control, it will light up extra stuff in the status bar down the yeah. bottom of that. And that, yeah. and that uh, for at least one developer, that did cause a little bit of confusion because they they were a little bit. Confused, I guess, because because Git um, it's all distributed. So I mean, it's, it's all local on your disk. Um, I think there was a little bit of confusion about, oh, I'm used to Subversion being something yeah. that's a server remotely, mm-hmm. and, and now you've got this stuff here. So uh, I think it took them a little while to understand. Actually, it's just it's the files on the disk. That's yeah. they are the files under version control. It's not. It's not um, talking to something else. Yeah. And, um, and too? because oh. Because they were they were confused that they thought they could uh, change a branch on the command line but still stay in Visual Studio and work on a different branch. And they got surprised when in Visual Studio it was not like changing And the reason they wanted to do that was because they wanted to compare between the two branches. Mm-hmm. So there was a reason they were, why they were trying to do that. But mm-hmm. because everything is in the same space, um, the way you would do that is different, or the other way to resist is to decline the whole directory and then you can yeah. hear, do a file compared to a of Sorry, another question.
2: I was gonna say it's probably getting a bit, a bit nitty-gritty, but in terms of actually extracting the code base out from SVN mm. to getting it into a clean state, yes. how what was the process you went through with that? Because I guess you know you've got SVN folders stream. You know,
0: down through your hierarchy and, and, yeah. and all that sort of thing. So, yep. did you? How did you handle that? Um, so, that that was a a process that I guess was begun quite a while ago, and, and that was really around first of all uh, pulling out binaries where I could and replacing them with NuGet packages, and we could do that in subversion. So, so that that was sort of done ahead of time, and then yeah, so I think that the final switchover. I'm to think
2: now. I reckon because um, I know you can. I, can, I know in SVN you can do an export, so to speak. So yes. it kind of dumps your files out. Yeah. The few times I've tried that in the past, it's just left a huge mess of files and all sorts of stuff yeah. um, has gone wrong with
0: it. Yeah. Do so you know I, that? It was a few months ago you now. I should. <laughs> <laughs> I think I did use SVN export, yeah. um, but, um, but and it, it was probably something I've rehearsed a little bit, I've sort of done it a few times and then sort of, okay, uh, because with, with subversion, you have the, the .svn and folder, but you also have uh, your, your ignore things, so things you don't want to commit, yeah. and that's all in metadata, yeah. whereas in Git it's all in a, it's in G- a file, G- a Git ignore file. file. So you need to convert that as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and so there was, I, yeah, I, I do remember if I showed you my first commit in Git, then there's one quickly after that where I realized I'd forgotten to explain <laughs> something. <laughs> so, I thought, oh, so close. And, yeah. Um, um, but yeah, so I think there there was a few practice guys with that, uh, and even committing that into VSTS I did that, and then I thought, no, that's not right. So I I deleted it and recreated the repository there before anyone else was using it.
2: Yeah, because I think we're we're sort of in a similar position we were talking about for a start, where we've got one primary repository which has all the projects in it under different folders, so we have to kind of extract that out as well.
0: Yeah, so that's what we did. We we had our particular application, so I just grabbed our source Mm -hmm. code. And now it is living in its own Git repository, Mm -hmm. all separately. Um, and that's working
2: well. Work. Yeah, well, I think repository has just, you know, kind of a different meaning. It's more aligned to a solution in Visual Studio than, yes. than a repository. is just a dumping ground in SDN type of yeah, thing.
0: Yeah, and I, and I I think, yeah, that, that term has been confused even internally. I've used repository and then people like, think, oh, do, do you mean this or do you mean that? So, yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah. yeah. Okay. So how long was your process from the first time you mentioned it to your boss? to it. It's all of you clipping a
0: switch it and being turned over. What do you reckon it's sort all of six, nine, twelve months? Five? Yeah, I guess um I'd probably been dropping hints for quite a while. And it wasn't until um I guess last year <coughs> maybe mid year it might have been or I would have sat down and said no, not
1: massively
0: long last it's almost no. six
1: months or
0: thereabouts. Yeah. Uh, and so I guess it was something I it was probably always on my agenda, to sort of gently push it. Um, but also, I guess, um, sometimes you can push something, if you push too hard, then you'll just get pushed back, and people say no. Whereas I guess this was something where I'd sort of made some suggestions and was sort of, oh, I'll just leave it there. But then let those other people, they might spend their own time and look into things. And so um, my manager now, he's actually moved to Toronto, and he's actually been doing some stuff with Git and with one of the teams over there as well. Mm-hmm. So sometimes yeah. it's just, you know, let, if it's those people that you need approval from...
1: Well, I mean, the actual process of moving, I mean...
0: Yeah, yeah. so that... But that... Um, yeah, that probably started... Uh, I think it was around October when we... Oh, so we're quick. Yeah, we, we did the... I don't have to look up the dates, but it might have been September, October. We, we started that training and I sort of talked to the team about it, said, oh, This is what I'm thinking, and got, got the nod to say, Yeah, go ahead with it, and then did the training. And and that first step with GitSBN, there was really no. Well, the other thing I forgot to say was I'd been working that way since I almost the first day I started the company and realised how much I, I didn't like to work. Was it? Um, so I'd been doing that. So I'd I'd already worked through a number of the issues as far as uh, creating that that mapping list between Subversion user and Git user, and um, figuring out some of those problems yeah, we're, already.
2: We're fairly lucky in that regard because there's probably only four or five users that we yeah, really have to worry about.
0: Yeah. So I mean, I I had done that with like pulling the entire history down. Mm. And you'd pop up these users and I'd have to say, who's this guy? And they oh, yeah, he was here, what, five years ago. And then he moved on to something. So, so I just... because he doesn't have an email address anymore, I just make up one mm. so that Git was
1: happy. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, but,
1: uh, did you find that the, the Visual Studio tooling was good enough to do what you needed to do with Git? Or did you find yourself going back to the command line every second, thinking you wanted to do
0: it? I probably do tend to stick with the command line anyway. Yeah. Um, I I probably just use the the tooling in Visual Studio just more as a reference, just as a, a reminder this is what branch I'm in. I only use it looking at changes.
1: Bit, so you do um, the command line as well?
0: Yeah, every uh, action is from the command line. I just use the, uh, the GUI
1: uh, visually.
0: Yeah. So I mean, it's
1: pretty good. I stuck to that and just turn off the integration in Visual Studio. Yeah. Mm. What's that, sorry, the Torus feed? Oh okay, yeah. Yeah. Well, well,
2: we, s- we have Tortoise SVN, well, we, we SVN, but that's basically, most of the stuff we do is in the Visual SVN integration with Visual Studio, so, um, you know, just literally update, commit, conflicts, and, mm. and solving conflicts, It's the, the only sort of four things that we look at, but yeah. it doesn't get a lot more complicated than that usually.
0: Yeah. I, mean, I must admit, I'm, I'm getting a bit more confident with the command line for Git stuff. Um, and I'm now starting to do, do actually my local like, git add and git commit from the command line which mm. I'm pretty proud of um, but if it's something where I want to write more of a comment I'll use Git. And, I'll, and I guess something else I didn't mention here was that the um, the command line integration with PowerShell using Posh Git. so you get com- the tab completion so um, I might show you that Mm-hmm. so here 's a PowerShell. <coughs> so so i 've got poshgit here and so, um, so i 've got this little extra bit of status here in my prompt, and that 's telling me i 've got one modified file um, so I do a git status, and I do a tab it 'll for it 's hard to read. The default colors, and this will be the same on your desktop, they are hard to read. You need to, there is ways to fix them. I haven't done that. So there's one file that I've, I've modified. Um, but, so one of the things it does is, it, if you do a tgit commit, it launches the the tortoise oops, I didn't spell that it there's only two M's in commit and it launches the tortoise so you don't have to go into Windows Explorer and right-click on and that kind of thing. So I use that a lot because then I've got a nice big text box I can write my comment mm-hmm. in and just and <coughs> change better. Mm-hmm. Or I can choose, actually, uh, I can cheat a bit and I can just select the files here I want to commit rather than using the Git ad sort of thing. Sorry. I use that a lot. Um, and I think the rest of my team do as well, Pro- probably because they've come from using Tortoise SVN. There's other tools as well. There's other GUI tools.
2: Yeah, I was having a look at it today and they've all got fairly significant so pros and cons to them. So.
0: Yeah. Um, but yeah, I do like... Uh, so PoshKit, because I use PowerShell a lot, because I like PowerShell, um, I like that integration there. So. Um, the I guess something else to talk about VSTS, there is a... I've just started looking at this in the last few weeks. There's a command line tool for VSTS uh, that'll let you create your pull request. So you can basically push your branch up and so then rather than having to go on the website creating pull requests and ticking all the boxes, there's a command line tell us you can do it all from the command line here and not have to hit the website
2: if you don't want to. So yeah, we don't we don't tend to do a lot from the command line.
0: Yeah. So. Yeah. So it, it's an option, you don't have to do it. Um, but for people who do like doing command line or if they want to create a script to automate some steps, then that that is possible. So yeah. I really like that you said. SVN because presumably you would have been able to uh, individually come on board with Git, and then once everyone is finally
1: using it, you just push you know, any one of the f- the four repos to your, your build server and
0: yeah, and change yeah, your,
1: your client, at the front end. Than, um,
0: yes, so yeah, if you, especially if you did want to keep like keep history, then that's exactly what you would do. For us. It was a clean switch, so it was like Monday. Come in, do it. This is the Git repository. Do a Git clone of that into a new directory, and then start using that. So, and, and put aside the, the git and I don't use it anymore. Um, but, uh, but yeah, that that did mean that it was not such a big uh, sort of shock to the system that people could learn and still using the old tools there I guess there's other kinds of things as well so the, when I used to work with TFS there's a git TFS bridge um, it's not built into git but it's like a, an add-in. and so there again uh, once I'd sort of discovered git and realized actually I kind of like this local commits um, rather than a centralized one I was using it there as well and, and uh, so it's a git tf I think it is um, uh, I think it does use Java because it's a cross-platform thing, unfortunately. But uh, mm-hmm. uh, but yeah, so if you're using T- TFS version control but you want to use Git locally, that's another mm-hmm. option. There. Sounds like a way to make it pal- palatable. Yeah, yeah. And I'm not sure there may be other things for other systems as well. But uh, yeah, there is there is catches with those sort of things though um, because it's it's trying to mix two different things together. So there will be times when they don't quite line up. But, uh, and, and definitely once you've switched over to Git completely, then those problems go away. So. But,
1: uh, yeah. Your commenter there said that they'd had a little bit of drama with emerging of yes. the merging the files. Yeah. You know, we've had some shocking nightmares with subversion merging in is It just throws away code for mm-hmm. which is fantastic, you know, because you don't know until weeks down the track. Yeah. How big of a. A nightmare has it been for your people with merging? Has it been a a real pain in the ass,
0: or that particular um, developer? I I don't think there were big issues. Um, Another developer I know has has had a branch where they didn't realise that it hadn't been merged. The build failed, and so those those changes never got merged. and They kept working on that same branch, and actually over a number of weeks. yeah, and and so they hadn't realised that all these changes weren't getting pushed into master, they were still in their own branch because there were some failing tests. And so then, you and you can have the same problem with that in your system, you, you're starting to get so far diverged that um, they try and rebase and every time they rebase they're having to re-resolve the same conflicts and... That's frustrating if you've got a lot of changes that
2: the to work Some of the issues with having, like, a perfect example this morning. Yesterday I wrote a couple of lines of code in a controller, committed it. Another guy, after I'd committed, did an update, changed some stuff in a different function, committed it. I did an update, my code was gone. Ah. So, and literally went and looked at the history of the t- between my previous commit and his commit, and yeah, the, the lines have just gone. Wow. Interestingly, the spacing was still there, <laughs> but the two lines of code were just gone. Yeah. And of course, if you go and you know, delete code, just the shits and giggles and then commit it. Mm. A bit it. Mm. So somewhere along the line, it had just dropped it just had dropped that code. It. Out. Wow. So and like oh, and, and the only reason I knew it was because I was specifically testing for that function. Um, you know and. Right because it was, it was not setting a flag in a database. Yeah. And I would made the changes and I went to test it, and I was still not, was still not was setting this flag, why not, yeah. yeah. going, my, my code's not there. So yeah. I thought I'd gone crazy like I hadn't actually written it. And then I went and checked the, the logs, and mm. sure enough, it was there. Yeah. But yeah, it just disappeared, wow. so. And it wasn't like we were merging over top of each other. It was a clear commit, update, mm. commit, update. Yeah. So.
0: Yeah. I have a theory that um, for this particular developer with this branch that's last a lot too long, that maybe rather than doing rebase, if they did, a, if they merged the master mm-hmm. into that. Yeah. I reckon that would help. Yeah. So yeah.
2: Um, I guess as as is probably a, a technical problem like a bug mm-hmm. in SVN yeah, S- yeah. or something, or yeah. or something, yeah. or S- or something yeah. like that, yep. um, more so than a pilot of error type merging is hard yeah. kind of problem. Yeah so
0: but I'm sure I've seen in subversion things where you, you go to you go to merge something and it's got conflict <coughs> and you oh, I actually know that I'm going to cancel this and try again and then it might work the second yeah. time or, or it, it, yeah well,
1: you get that really confusing because I've got uh, add something over here add something over yeah, here, yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely nothing and you just have to guess a button to press yeah it. yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So, that's cool. It was it, it, the yeah, but that,
0: that's the yeah. 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 So yeah, thank you guys. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I didn't drill into Git itself too deeply because I
2: guess
0: yeah. like, like that's our <coughs> of it's more talking about how we moved our team. But um,
2: that's, I
0: mean, maybe that's something if people are interested in drilling into Git itself a bit more. Yeah. Well, that Git yes, tool seems like it might be
2: useful yeah. yeah. for us. Yeah, and that,
0: that's in the box with Git. So if you look at Git. You'll see there's a, like a Git it. SVN it's in there. And I, I can only assume it was put there because people wanted to migrate or, or work with some version. Because
2: I've done a bit of work with Git, primarily just to GitHub with yeah. GitHub Desktop or whatever it's called, which is pretty full proof, mm. and and mm. you know, it's reasonably easy to use. So yeah. I, don't know to on, so I
0: guess, yeah, one other thing if you do, like I do a lot of open source stuff as well. Mm. and uh, something I've had to be careful of is when you do a commit, who are you committing it as am I committing it as a work or as, a, yeah. or as, as my public sort of thing, yeah. which, which I do in a different email address so, mm. um, and I have got caught out a couple of times when I've committed something as the wrong person yeah. um, but there, that's something just to be if you're on the yeah. same computer and you set a default like uh, email address and, and name Yeah, um, well, I, I, guess know, I guess that's one benefit
2: of doing it through a, a GUI in that the stuff going to GitHub, you know, well, I use the, the GitHub desktop, which has all the links into GitHub yeah. and is authenticated. And then, you know, if the Visual Studio stuff's linking into the, the VSTS, then you're less likely. But like you say, as soon as you get down to the command line, mm. it, you, you lose that kind yeah. of abstraction. Yeah. So. Yeah.
0: And, but even the tooling in Visual Studio does sort of mm. look at that, yeah. the same kind of config. Command mm. line. Oh, no, very good. Well, thank you, everyone. No, um, See sure. so you again next yeah. month in a different building.